Good morning, 127th Wing and Team Selfridge. I am Tech Sergeant Drew Schumann, and this is the Road to Drill Podcast. Coming up in today's show, we are going to discuss some of the ongoing and upcoming events our wing will be taking place in over the next couple of months. And we will talk more on the reconstructing of the new deployment model that the Air Force is adopting. We're also going to pitch it over to Master Sergeant Lance Hewson and Master Sergeant Joe Caracco from the 127th Wing Safety Office, who will be discussing motorcycle safety for all of our riders for the 2023 riding season. But right now, I am going to be joined by my partner, Tech Sergeant Chelsea Fitzpatrick. Good morning, Sergeant Fitzpatrick. Good morning, Tech Sergeant Schumann. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. Good. Welcome to May. Welcome to May. It's finally starting to feel like May a little bit today. I'm so grateful. It was a miserable week. It was terrible. I've been questioning this move to Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> because May, May, has, the past three Mays have felt like this, and it's, it's going on. Your seven-year investment My seven in Michigan. My seven-year investment in Michigan. Has officially yes. been questioned. <laughs> Well, I feel like my mental health is really looking forward to the improved weather. So Yes, indeed. And this weekend's going to be nice. Yeah. It's going to be real nice. I think it's going to be mid-60s, partly sunny. So I realized today mm -hmm. that it's officially been a year since we've come back from wow. Alta on our deployment. That's crazy. Yeah. That was a long deployment. It felt long around here. It felt, oh. The three of you. Yeah, there were three of us, right? Yep. Half of our staff. Half of our staff, <laughs> yes. But yeah, that six-month deployment, and we came back, and for a long time, I kept saying, well, I just got back from deployment, so I don't know what's going on. Right. But... I use that. I, I use the, I'm new here. Yeah. <laughs> for like four years longer than I think I was legitimately able to use. Right. But yeah, I just got back, or get just getting ready to go. Right. Getting ready to go out the door, yeah. So I think um, I was having a salve uh, mm. nine months after we got back. And I mentioned to them that I hadn't gotten spun back up on the program because mm -hmm. we had just gotten back from deployment. And they said, oh, when did you come back? And I said, nine months ago. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize it had been nine months. I felt like we had just gotten back. Well, now it's been a year. Yeah. So you have to relinquish the, you've just been back now. You're a battle-hardened veteran. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well... You, we, us. many of us are getting ready to go back out the door again. In fact, this is our uh, last podcast here at the unit before we do some field coverage yeah. over this next month. Yeah. Next month's Road to Drill is going to be a special one from Crop Germany we're yeah. planning on. I'm excited. I am excited as well. I'm, it's, we're going to manage the time difference. Mm -hmm. We'll be recording this not so early in the morning. Mm -hmm. It'll be an interesting environment, but... It will not be a live show like this. It won't. No, I'm joking. <laughs> this is not a being live show. Everybody knows that. <laughs> I like pulling the wool over people's eyes. So. <laughs> All right. So next month we'll be on the road. We're taking the road to drill on the road uh, to report from Crop Germany. Mm -hmm. And then after that, we are off. We are off for the month of July. Yeah. But I think we're still going to do something. I think we might do some further field reporting from a forward deployment will be also in Latvia yeah. during that deployment. So we're going to get around a mm -hmm. little bit and kind of de describe the situation on the ground, what the wing's doing while operating, establishing and operating an airbase. You know, mm -hmm. We've been talking about this for the past six months now, since you've been back from deployment. <laughs> and uh, 
show our wing members actually doing this really for the first time, our new Afrogen model, testing it out. And, because, uh, yes, like you said, this is a new concept. It is. It's our first attempt at deploying as a, as a lead wing. Mm -hmm. So I think today we're going to talk about terms that are, have been thrown out often and I think it'd be beneficial for us all to get a grasp of what some of these terms mean because you're gonna hear a lot more of them, especially during the activities of this summer. Today we're just gonna talk about the cycles and the deployment, you know, cycle. the deployment cycles that are coming up here. I mean, some of them are starting within the next calendar year. Right. So what the averaging cycle that we talked about last month, that the general talked about in his video, and then again this month, is it's taking members who, if you hear the terms, you know, force generation. So what's force generation? That to me, and from everything I've read and seen, is if you touch an aircraft, if you generate an aircraft, or if you fly an aircraft, mm -hmm. you are you are part of applying combat, mm -hmm. you know, to the theater, mm -hmm. at the theater. Generating force within the theater? You're, yes, generating force within the theater. That makes a lot of sense. So then on the other side of that, there's the mission generation. And what that is, is the rest of the base, mission support group, headquarters. That's, you know, those members are going to be building the airbase and operating the airbase. Mm -hmm. Even though we will still operate as a wing and garrison, mm -hmm. the way we deploy is going to better utilize what we do day to day mm -hmm. in the theater. Mm -hmm. So it takes longer to set up an air base and to operate an air base. And it, it doesn't make sense to send us in for three months to uh, start operating an air base just to turn around and leave. Mm -hmm. But it's more effective to regenerate flying squadrons that are going into these air bases to operate in a the theater and turn around and go home. So throw something so, out there. One of the questions that I had about this when I was learning mm -hmm. was how is this different than me being a part of RCP seven, for example. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we talked about is instead of going as a single or a two man team or even a three man team, like we did in the public affairs office, we're now talking about going as an XAB. Right? Right. So as an expeditionary airbase, meaning we're going to go as a unit. Mm -hmm. So we're going to spend a certain amount of time in preparing to deploy is roughly two years. Mm -hmm. So we're, during that two year time, we're going to be training, taking part in multi-capable airman training, ready airman training that we'll learn more about next month. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be doing that side by side with not just the people in our office, but the people from other ends of the base with everybody around us day to day. Mm -hmm. And then as opposed to taking a handful of us and sending us to a base and taking another handful of folks and sending them to a different base, we're all going to go mm -hmm. and operate or establish mm -hmm. an air base and do that for the length of our deployment. Right. So uh, that's something that got me is yeah. the concept that we're not talking about sending 500 of our people to right. El Dafra Air Base or El Yudid Air Base, we're talking about going to a completely austere location or a contingency location and setting up an air base. Right. We'll, we'll have the ability to do so. Right. So we probably still will go to El Dafra and, you know, right. but we will be learning, you know, again, during our prepare phase to go and actually, you know, pour the cement and set up you know, new bases. And I think you used a term that will give us more global reach. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, that's very true. Uh, it'll also kind of help our unit cohesion, I think. Yeah, I think, so. I think it'll be great to the people we see every day that, you know, are our family, mm -hmm. you know, we'll, we'll get to go and, and do the real job 
with exactly. them. Exactly. And so. you go with that background knowledge of folks, those existing relationships. Right. And it just helps you grow stronger and, and build a better team. And a lot of us will have the opportunity to go through this experience practicing at Air Defender. Right. So that's going to really be the be one of the first chances we get to, you know, we've been training for several months for this to go and, um, you know, do an expeditionary air base setup. Even though the Germans are setting it up for us this mm -hmm. time, we'll still get to go and they'll, yeah, they'll <laughs> operate up, the air base. We won't be pouring any cement. Right. But. That's right. Um, and then for, you know, that particular element, and we'll talk about the, the fourth generation in a second. So members, part of that expeditionary airbase or that mission generation element, um, they're going to be looking at being on a 48 month deployment cycle. Mm -hmm. So what that's going to do is it's going, we're going to retain the six month deployment rotations that we've been doing under the RCP structure, mm -hmm. but built into that's going to be once you return, you get a six month reset. As soon as those six months are over, you start a two year preparatory phase. So during that phase, uh, you'll work on your training with those people side by side that we were just talking about. And then you go into available to commit two years where you prepare and train with those people we were just mentioning side by side. And then you go into your ready phase. So by the time you hit your ready phase, that's when you are squared away. Your training is updated. Your, uh, your, your personal readiness is mm -hmm. updated and you, you're good to be called upon. And then on six months following that is your commit. So typically you will have your orders, you will know what's going on prior to that final phase, that available to commit phase. So right. the fourth generation side of the house, the members are maintain, our aircraft maintainers, our pilots, mm -hmm. you know, everybody currently as we sit at the 127th wing, the KC-135 side of the house and the A-10 side of the house, they'll be on a shorter deployment cycle, so a 24-month cycle. Mm -hmm. But what they'll be looking at doing is deploying for a shorter amount of time, just more often. Mm -hmm. But they're also going to follow in the same deploy with the people that you train with. Mm -hmm. And then the med group, uh, they do their own thing. They're on their own RCP and they'll be at 48 months kind of following the same thing, but just on a different cycle. It's a lot to absorb, but you know, whether it be coming from us in public affairs or coming from your commander, you're going to learn more about this over the next few months. Mm -hmm. And like we mentioned, Air Defender is going to be really our chance to visually show what this all entails mm -hmm. because both elements are going to be in the same place mm -hmm. at the same time. So, mm -hmm. And then we're going to forward deploy a fourth generation element and have that experience as well. Absolutely. One more question for you because you're the SME on this. Uh -oh. Will we still be called RCP? Yes. Okay. RCP is the way that it, it separates the cycles. So we will still be RCP-7. Mission support will still be RCP-7. Uh, security forces will still be RCP-3. And slash med group will still else, yeah. slash something else in. And med group will still be RCP-1. I would encourage everyone to watch the, the general's videos. We mentioned last month that uh, General Maman is doing a three-part video series for his wing update videos for April, May, and June. Last month he explained what the Afrogen cycle is to give you a better understanding of that. Mm -hmm. This month he's talking about the mission generation elements and then next month he's gonna be talking about uh, multi-capable airman training and ready airman training. Mm -hmm. So it, it's best you absorb this information and the 
graphical information he displays. Yes. So, you if know, you from are him. a visual learner, yes. the general's video will shed much more light on this. Absolutely. So you can check that out on Facebook, Divids, YouTube, everywhere. The Wing app. YouTube. <laughs> Wait, did we already say YouTube? YouTube, yeah. So that's what's happening with that. Uh, how about this drill? What's happening this drill? Well, I am incredibly excited that we are going to document the 127th wing this weekend. What does that mean? That means we're all walking out to the flight line in approximately three hours for the first time since 2016, and we're going to get a wing photo taken. That was before I was even here. That was before I was here. Wow. Four it happened months. right before I started here. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't seem like a lot. I mean, is it? A long time. Is it a lot of work? Why is it a big deal? Why do we take the wing photo? Why do we take the okay. wing photo? Well, I, we're taking the wing photo this time because, uh, well, there are several reasons, I guess. But the last time the wing photo was taken, we weren't, we didn't look the same. We were, we were dressed completely different. We were still mm -hmm. in our ABUs. Mm -hmm. So for uh, those of you who joined since the ABU, right. that stands for Airman Battle Uniform. Is that what it means? Yeah. I don't remember. Now we're in OCPs, which means... Operational Camouflage Pattern. Very good. So now we're all dressed the same, and it took a good amount of time to get to that point. Really, it's been since about 2018 since we've all, we've been. all been actually uniformed. Yeah. When you consider we had a uniform transition, mm -hmm. and then we were wearing masks for mm -hmm. almost two years. Right. So we are... Good to go now. We are all wearing the same uniforms and we thankfully are out of masks. So there will be a directive coming out if you haven't gotten it already, an all users message and a, uh, a push from the Wing app to instruct you when and where to be for that. So that'll be uh, one of the big things happening today. And I think the rest of the weekend, there's a deployment coming up for the air refueling group. And then as we mentioned before, uh, Air Defender 23. So a lot of members are gonna be you know, getting final preparations for that together because a lot of us leave before the next drill. This is the last time we're all going to be here till August, I think, right? Yeah. And, yeah. You know, this summer, later this summer, we're going to have a, a big change of command out here. Right. So. so it's our last opportunity to document the wing with the current leadership. That's right. Awesome. What holidays are coming up? Mother's Day is coming Mother's up. Mother's Day is coming up. So as a lucky son... And uh, the father to two lucky boys. Uh, it will be Mother's Day. Yes. So, unfortunately, I will be missing Mother's Day this month. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'll be missing Father's Day as well. So it it, it evens out. You huh. get to decide if you miss Father's Day, not Mother's Day. That's true. <laughs> that's true. And that's because you were selected to participate in the military. It's the military reserve exchange, reserve exchange program. program. Yes. M R E P. M R E P. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. It's uh, it's going to be an adventure. Have you been brushing up on your Estonian? I've been brushing up on my PT. Oh. Yeah, they make a big deal about that. So I'll probably cover this more extensively in a later podcast as far as how the application process goes and, and all of that, because a lot of people don't know. There is a open period that people can submit applications or as criteria. Mm -hmm. uh, one of those things is you got to be you have a pretty good PT score and all of that. Mm -hmm. I don't have the best PT score, but it was 
enough, mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, but you gotta, but you have to be, and obviously you have to be deployable. Mm -hmm. So what this program does is it matches members of the reserve component of the U.S. military up with the reserve component of one of our partnering nations. So this year and for the past few years, that's been Estonia, the UK, Denmark, and for officers, Germany. A lot of it is AFSC based, so job based. Uh, and I submitted an application. I said that I was open to go to any of these places and uh, I was picked for Estonia. So I'll be heading over there and my timeline is matched up with an exercise that they hold every other year. Uh, this year it's called Spring Storm, Spring Storm 23. And uh, I'll be over there for a couple weeks, actually right before we leave for Air Defender. So uh, it's gonna be a busy six weeks. As we get closer to the next fiscal year and after I experience this myself, I'll go ahead and kind of do a hot wash on it mm -hmm. and explain the application process so members can be on the lookout for it. So mm -hmm. if this is something you think you want to do or apply for, we'll get the word out there. So exciting. everybody can try this. It's going to be very exciting. Yeah. Well, so I'm looking forward to it. I hope you have fun in Estonia. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's all I got. You that's all I have. Excellent. Okay. Well, happy Mother's Day. Enjoy the weather. Enjoy the weather. And... Smile big for the photo. Yep, we'll see you in a couple hours. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Stay tuned for Around the Air Force. Talented cyber experts outside the traditional military pipeline could find themselves on an accelerated track for rank and pay based on their experience levels. Air Force Recruiting says the Cyber Direct Commissioning Program is revolutionizing how the service is bringing in the next generation of cyber professionals. The program reduces the officer training cycle and accelerates the onboarding process to meet urgent and future mission needs. Highly qualified subject matter experts are selected for the ranks of lieutenant to colonel once they meet some basic requirements. One cyber official says it's a way to remove unnecessary barriers while creating an enticing opportunity for people who might otherwise want to serve. 60 airmen from across the Air Force participated in the biannual rated preparatory program. The five-day event is open to active duty airmen interested in becoming rated officers. Rated career fields include traditional and remotely piloted aircraft pilots, combat system officers, and air battle managers. The program teaches basic aviation skills and knowledge using classwork and hands-on flying opportunities, free of charge. It also provides opportunities to those who face barriers or obstacles to an aviation career. 80 training aircraft shared the runway with 4,000 student airmen at Shepard Air Force Base for one of the largest and most unique elephant walks in Air Force history. An elephant walk is an Air Force term from World War II that describes a large number of aircraft in tight formation before takeoff. The 82nd Training Wing held the event to highlight the importance of training and partnerships. Shepard Air Force Base is home to three technical training groups, a Euro-NATO Joint Jet Pilot Training Program, and the service's largest NCO academy. That's your look around the Air Force. I'm Staff Sergeant Milton Hamilton. And now Master Sergeant Lance Houston and Master Sergeant Joe Caracco, both from the 127th Wing Safety Office, are going to deliver motorcycle safety tips for this year's riding season. Well, good day, everyone. Welcome to our riders or those considering the sport. If you're at the 110th or up north of the CRTC, welcome to you as well. You know what, wherever you're assigned, 
whatever that base may be. Uh, thanks for joining us. My name is Master Sergeant Lance Houston. I'm assigned to the one, uh, 127th Wing Safety Office here on Selfridge Air National Guard Base. And I'm joined by Master Sergeant Joe Karatko, also uh, in the safety office here at the, at the 127th Wing. This is the uh, Motorcycle Safety Annual Preseason Brief and Podcast. I tried looking for a longer name, Joe, but uh, they, they were all taken. Um, <laughs> uh, if, you're, if you're a military on-road motorcycle rider, you're required to get this briefing, of course. Uh, and even if you're thinking about uh, joining, joining the sport or getting a motorcycle, I think this would be great for, uh, for you as well. Uh, Joe, uh, motorcycles are a great way to, to relieve the stress in your life. Uh, obviously, it's a, a one way to travel efficiently, and and uh, uh, you know it's 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 also a nice way to witness nature. I think as well, right? Something I fear some of us don't get enough of. So, uh, but two quick things before we get started. Uh, I get asked all the time about potential rewrites to to AFI ninety one two zero seven. It's coming this summer. We should have something this fall. And then also, if you see that, that QR code in the upper right-hand uh, corner of the, the, of the slide we intend to, to show, that's a link to the Air Force Safety Center's uh, Department of the Air Force uh, Rider site, and it's full of motorcycle safety resources. We have guests. A little bit of research uh, uh, shows that uh, even just locally, we have folks that uh, like talking about motorcycles and, 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 and taking care of the military as well. I'll, I'll introduce each of those. But first, let me say, I think it's really cool that you guys were able to, to join us today to talk about motorcycle safety uh, and do that in a reputable, a reputable way. I say that because obviously you guys uh, ride in the performance of your duties, whether it's racing, patrolling, escorting, or otherwise. So uh, thank you uh, for joining us. Our first comes, uh, comes over from Sand Lake, Michigan. Uh, he's a super sport class rider and operates a nonprofit. Uh, that benefits the transitioning military members. Folks, please meet U.S. Navy veteran Tony Blackall of Blackall Racing. Welcome, Tony. <laughs> Thank you for yeah, having me. Yeah, you bet. Can you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Um, again, I'm Tony Blackall. I race in the Moto America series, which yeah. is the professional series in the United States. Um, Super Sport is the second to highest in the United States. Well, welcome, Tony. Our next guest comes from uh, our backyard. Uh, uh, he's a deputy sheriff for the Macomb County Sheriff's Office and, and serves in the motor unit. Folks, please meet U.S. Marine Corps veteran uh, Jake Thorne. How you doing, sir? Hey, good. Yeah. Welcome. Uh, thanks for being with us. Maybe you could uh, tell us a little, bit about, a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I was uh, in the Marine Corps from 03 to 07. Uh, I was with the 2nd Battalion, 8th Marines, did a couple, three tours overseas. Yeah. Um, as soon as I came back, started at the Sheriff's Department within like six months. Uh, there, worked in the jail, moved on to road patrol. In the last five years, got on the motorcycle unit, mm -hmm. where we do presidential escorts, special events, all around the county, and yeah. it works out great. Yeah, a variety of things. Awesome. Well, welcome to you both. Uh, thank you very much for for being with us again. Okay, um, guys, required or required or not, is motorcycle safety a, a responsibility? 100 percent yeah yeah each rider if you want to live yeah yeah each rider needs to know their boundaries and you got to take i've learned as i got older you gotta take your ego out of it yeah you you can always learn something from somebody else mm -hmm. i you know when i got on the sheriff's motorcycle team i was 33 years old 34 i've already had mm -hmm. multiple motorcycles and when i had to take that 
expert class, I didn't know anything about motorcycles. Mm -hmm. And you can always learn, and the safety is of each rider. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. as adults, we should have this ability to, to be able to, I mean, I, I don't mean just motorcycle riders necessarily. As adults, we have to have this ability to, to self-assess, right? 100%. Yeah, whatever that, whatever that is, your skill, knowledge, uh, et cetera. Do either of you guys have kids? Yes. Yeah. I do not. You don't have kids yet. Uh, Tony, how do you think you're going to introduce your kids to, to motorcycles if you haven't already? So as soon as they come out and part of this world, they've been a part of the motorcycle community. Yeah. So um, they go to the tracks. They experience everything. We do. We ride at home. Um, there's always engines starting up, yeah. getting ready uh, for winter, spring, summers. You know, they're always around it. Yeah, you name it. Yeah. I think part of my concern uh, for many of the Air Force's riders is is that uh, in the absence of someone uh, like a parent or, or responsible mentor, our riders, uh, uh, they don't get those little doses of respect that they might otherwise get from a responsible mentor, right? I think that's something we can probably say about a lot of things, right? Yeah, not just motorcycles, yeah. Uh, apart from operating safely, uh, uh, complying with the regulation, and having contact with your motorcycle safety representative, uh, military on-road motorcycle riders uh, need to do three things, right? Uh, they need an accurate must account. Uh, uh, they need to get these briefings, including this one, uh, and they need training as well. Um, now, I will tell you, um, there are some that ask why, right? Why do all this uh, this stuff in the spirit of motorcycle safety when uh, drivers, riders, or otherwise, right, will make silly decisions? Uh, why expend all this energy doing this stuff? Um, uh, the answer is this: uh, a lot of these mishaps were were preventable, right? In the last five uh, five years, the Air Force has had uh, 69 Class A motorcycle mishaps. Uh, that's enough people to staff our, our fire department Monday through Friday. Uh, of these mishaps, riders were hospitalized for 550 days uh, before leaving us or, or being discharged from the hospital. Speed uh, or other decision-making errors are, are almost always a factor in, in those cases. Uh, sometimes it's physiological, right? Alcohol or illicit drug. It could be a sensory misconception uh, or awareness. Uh, and yes, I think sometimes the organization has some influence on, on what happened as well. I think as a riding community, as, a, as an enterprise, um, as an organization, we, we should relieve ourselves of, of very little. So let me just extend one more thank you to our guests for, for joining us. Uh, you're choosing to be with us as evidence that I, th I think uh, that we're on the right track here. So uh, I'm sure, Jake, you feel a certain way about the Macomb County riding community. And I know, Tony, you feel very deeply about not just the riding community, but the military as well. So thank you. Well, for those listening, we intend to show the raw numbers of uh, Air Force reportable motorcycle mishaps that have uh, happened since calendar year 2018. Um, these are all classes of mishap now. Between 2018 and 2022, the, the Air Force did see about a 13% decrease in mishaps, which is great. Uh, when I did pull these numbers, um, and I don't mean to laugh, but when I pulled these numbers about two weeks ago, we already had 25 cases in, in 2023. Okay. Uh, the next chart is, is total class A's and B's. We already indicated uh, the severity of a class A mishap. A class B would most likely be a permanent partial disability, right? These are cases where the rider recovered um, but still had some kind of permanent impairment, right? The loss of an eye or a uh, finger, for example. Uh, 2019 was encouraging. 
but there, there was no dip in the COVID year necessarily. Um, and, and it's not even April yet, and we already have four cases for 2023. Uh, again, when I say we, I mean the Air Force at large, right? Uh, so we'll, we'll re revisit this next spring to, to see how we fared. But if it's just Team Michigan, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to, let's, let's not lose sight of this. Tony, at some point we have to, we have to ask ourselves, Am I riding for the right reasons? Uh, your situation is unique because you're participating in an activity with an elevated level of risk, right? You're out there doing a variety of things, high speed, cornering, braking, right? You talked a little bit about that already. Um, my feeling is that there may be some riders out there that feel um, the only way they can glean any kind of pleasure from riding is, is to do the things that, that you do or things similar to what you do uh, on the track, but, but in the street. Right, we. I think maybe that's an example of of riding for the wrong reason. What would you say to that person? Well, absolutely, that's riding for the wrong reason. I mean, there's a track for a reason, and then there's a street for a reason. Yeah. The street is to get from A to B safely, responsibly, and follow all the rules. Or you got to deal with Mr. Jake here. Yeah, right. So the track, you come out, you're safely. You have all your PPE gear. You get, you can you can step up a little bit. Yeah. Um, I used to ride the street. Um, I was one of those guys. Uh, I'll be honest. I was in sandals, a cutoff shirt, and riding, but now come to the track, I learned responsibility, and I learned like it was just unbeatable. Yeah. So now I strictly ride the track. Yeah. So. Okay. Guys, I've, I've listened to other riders say something along the lines of, uh, when you choose to ride, it's not a matter of if, but when. Have you heard that before? Absolutely. I don't know if you subscribe to that or not. Um, and I know that yes, we share the road with other cars and trucks, right? Then that that sometimes choose to make poor decisions. Um, should we accept that though? Should should that be our attitude? Should we be saying to our new riders, hey, you know, I, I know that you ride, but uh, eventually you're gonna be involved in a mishap, and and uh, it might be it may be severe. Sh should that be our attitudes, or should we be saying something more transformative? <laughs> I could, I could do devil's advocate okay, on this and okay. like go both ways where some people will respond to it and they'll actually think about it before they actually get on it and then others will take it as a negative decision and be pushed right away from the, the whole motorcycle scene. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. No, I mean, as long as I've heard that since I started riding yeah. back when I was 18, I got my first street bike and I did lay it down, but it was always in the back of my head. And I think... The reason why I laid my down, I wasn't experienced enough. I didn't take these extra yeah. steps to do these classes, and I thought, I'm 18, I'm in the Marine Corps, and I can live through anything. Well, yeah. when you lay a bike down at 70, it's pretty scary. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, I think uh, we'll transition to, to inspections, uh, maintenance, uh, repairs, that sort of thing. It's spring, right? Spring is in the air. Um, uh, the first day of spring was over, over a week ago. Uh, riders are going to start pushing their bikes out of storage, right? Um, and uh, what we want to avoid here is a situation where um, someone is, is so anxious about getting out on that first good day uh, of spring that we forget about things like servicing, maintenance, uh, and repairs because uh, there's some things that can go wrong while our bikes are sitting in storage, right? Is that fair? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'd like to extend a huge thank you to our guests, uh, Tony, Jake. Uh, Todd as well. Thank you for joining us for this year's you. brief. It's been fun. Uh, you guys were awesome. Any parting shots at all? 
I, I honestly just want to bang on the drum about reaching out and asking for a mentor. Yeah. Don't, don't be the tough guy, tough email. Ask a question. You know, there's no dumb questions, whatever. It, just, just ask for help. Yeah. It, it can save your life. It can save your passenger's life. So just ask. Yeah. Thanks for that. Just please ride safe. Yeah. That's all I can say. You know, it might be cliche, but speed kills. And you got to remember, if you get in an accident, it's not just affecting your life. It affects your families. It affects the person that got hit. It affects everybody's. It's not just you. Yeah. Well, thank you. Special thanks to the 127th Wing Public Affairs Office. We absolutely could not have done this without you. Uh, and, and thank you to those that listened. Be devoted. Be deliberate. Be discernible this year. Um, please review your must account and, uh, and where you're at on the training continuum. Uh, and please don't forget to, to try mentorship this year. Thank you. You can listen to the full Motorcycle Safety Annual Preseason Brief and Podcast by going to the 127th Wing YouTube page at www.youtube.com slash 127th Wing. And now for a Michigan motorcycle tradition. Major Cortland Pitt, chaplain for the 127th Wing, will deliver the Blessing of the Bikes, a non-denominational prayer for safety during the 2023 riding season. To all the motorcycle riders in 2023, my name is Chaplain Cortland Pitt from the 127th Wing. I am wishing everyone a safe season. Someone said, when riding a motorcycle, no one ever asks, are we there yet? So please allow me to say a brief prayer and ask for God to cover us as we ride this season. Father, you are great and mighty. You are the creator of everything. And so, Father, we ask that you just cover us as we ride. We thank you for the opportunity to get on our bikes again this season. We ask, Father, that you will protect us, keep us from all harm, be with us as we travel the highways throughout the streets of the city. We pray, Father, that we will be alert. Our eyes will be keen to every uh, uneven roads. We pray, oh God, that you will just bless us. We pray for a season of laughter, fulfillment, enjoyment. And we ask these blessings. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you very much, Chaplain Pitt. And that about wraps it up for this month's Road to Drill. Tune in next month for a very special Road to Drill when Tech Sergeant Fitzpatrick and myself will be reporting live from Air Defender 23 in Northern Germany. To all the mothers out there, including mine and the mother of mine, Happy Mother's Day. I'm Tech Sergeant Drew Schumann. Have a safe and productive drill. Mother. Mother.